When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock, Dana and Elliot. Um, and happy transfer window month, happy new year, Borough fans. Um, Borough have been busy this week, um, of course, with Rajiv Van Lepara signing um, on loan, whilst boo boy Martin Braithwaite has just sealed his loan move to Spanish club uh, club Deportivo Leganes um, in Madrid. Um, but let's kick things off, Dana. Um, Borough's 1-1 one, one draw uh, with Derby, a goal from John Hugel, of course, um, which helped Borough come away with a point. Um, the question is, were we unfortunate not to come away with three points? Um, you can look at it that way, but um, it kind of evened itself out in the end. Danny Bart had that chance where he really should have put it away. But then David Nugent probably should have done better with the chance that he had. Um, so I think in the end, uh, a draw was um, probably the... The, the right result you know we got off to the worst possible start conceding in what was it a minute um, I don't mm. I mean I look back at that goal it's frustrating because Jack Marriott had so much space yep. and we had about 10 midfielders on the pitch it was just ridiculous mm. that we allowed him that much space um, but we got a hold of the game after that you know kind of um, settled down a little bit and stifled uh, Derby's attacking threat and managed to get I think a deserved point yeah, perfect. Um, obviously, with the, the five centre midfields um, starting the football match, Elliot, do you think Ledbetter was a bit unfortunate to start as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was unfortunate to miss out. I mean, he's if he's six in the pecking order, he knows he needs to move on now in January, doesn't he? So, no. Yeah. Uh, with that, obviously, the, the serious question is the five centre midfielders. Um, I was actually quite impressed that, and we were able to fit five centre midfielders in one and then starting eleven. Um, but do you think that hindered Middlesbrough's attacking outlet? In the game, um, I guess so because obviously it's 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 sort of, I mean it's weird, isn't it? I mean it must be a record playing five centre midfielders. Um, oh, yeah. But I looked at the average positions of all of them, um, and they all seem to be congested in the middle. But what stuck out was that wing was way further forward than the others. Um, so it just goes to show you that he, you know he's willing to get forward. He's the most creative out of out of the bunch, um, and I hope obviously he keeps his place from that because we need someone who's you know who's forward thinking because um there's some of the others when we've seen them the way that you know they dwell on the ball for too long and they're maybe just playing sideways passes whereas wing 
sort of picks out that you know picks out the runs that people are making out wide so yeah I think it was two points dropped uh, or was it one point gained um, I think before the game I would have took a point um, on the second half performance you know we, we probably could have come away with a win but overall I think I think Dana's probably right um, it's probably a fair result um, on the reflection of the game yeah perfect um, there's one player in particular I thought that played well um, and I still in pretty much every week and that's George Friend um, sometimes he's one one game every now and again he, he just seems to be the old George Friend back it was a lovely ball yeah. for the John Hugo yeah. header I think it was a great header as well um, when he scored but you know what, George Friend, if you're listening, I'm very sorry for slating you. If you play like that every week, then I'll have no complaints. But um, we're going to come with George Friend probably later on in the podcast when we talk about transfers. Um, but before we touch um, on transfers, I just want to quickly mention about I think Tony Pulis' plan for the Derby game. I think his plan when we were we, we seen the, the five centimetre start, and I think it was defend for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, drag Derby to the deep, deep end, you know, and try and snatch a, a goal towards the end and try and win the game 1-0. And I thought, actually, we played quite well, if I'm honest. Um, I think we were a bit unfortunate not to to take the three points, I think, like Tony Pulis mentioned. But, again, when you when we started that game, I just thought, oh, God, this is going to be like a 3 or 4 nil defeat, this. And, like, how are we supposed to win football matches with no attacking outlet? Um, but, you know, what they've actually brought around, and I thought, we relatively played well with, like, a tin hat on my head. Yeah, it, it went a bit like the last one. Obviously, when it first started off, and particularly the first half when, when they were at the Riverside, it, it looked as if it was going to be three or four nil, didn't it? Um, and I didn't actually get to watch the, the full game um, the other day, but I mean, judging by you know the highlights and, and the match report and stuff like that, it went the same as the last game. It started off thinking you know we're going to get absolutely bad here, and um, we dug in deep, and you know the midfield in particular, as we have a lot of them on pitch um you know dug in deep and we saw we ground out a result and we've been quite good at that against some of the, the better teams so i feel like we need to give tony pierce a little bit of credit for that though because i yep. think he got well he got absolutely the team uh, lineup got absolutely slated but i could kind of see where he was going with it because we got so how don't we got annihilated by them in um at the riverside they really kind of um we, we couldn't really control them and i think mm. the the five Certain midfielders allowed us that little bit of control because we did control the game after that ball. It was just a, a lapse in concentration. I don't know who was supposed to be marking yep. Jack Marriott, but it it did give it. You know, we got a grip of the game after that, and I think Tony Pulis deserves credit for you know the game plan that they went to Pride Park with. Yeah, he just gets slated quite a lot. Tony Pulis, obviously, people will always want him out. I think ever since Tony Pulis came to the football club, I think he's been really unfortunate um, in terms of he's not. <laughs> I feel like he's never been fully accepted by fans, and I think that's just become just because of his, his name and that tag that gets placed on managers. I think Sam Allardyce is quite a, is very similar way he gets called long ball football, dinosaur of the game, similar to Tony Pulis. I think Tony Pulis has always been one or two bad results away from an absolute slating from the fans. So, you know, I think well, I know we spoke about him a lot, saying his future's under 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 threat, and maybe he should leave, or maybe he should stay until the end of the season, um, but. I think he deserves credit when it's due, so I believe he's spot on dinner. But let's talk about transfers. We absolutely love transfers on this podcast. Uh, but let's talk about Martin Braithwaite first, the boo boy. Um, the My boy, favourite player. Your favourite player, Dan. The, <laughs> the next Juninho. Um, he self-described himself. Just obviously uh, moved to Club Deportivo Leganes. Um, but good move all around, Dana? No, because it's a loan. 
Um, and I don't know why <laughs> we've sanctioned a loan deal. I think the uh, general directors come out and said there's no option to buy at the end. Um, yeah. I don't know whether they'll go ahead with it anyway um, at the end of it. But um, obviously it's good that, that we've got him off the books, but the fact that we haven't kind of recouped some of the money that we paid for him by selling him is confusing to me and I think it just adds to the problems of Borough's transfer window. I don't know really whether they could afford him yep. but no, there's there's kind of been deals in the past where the interested club haven't been you know, have been unable to kind of cough up the funds for it and we've kind of just walked away. It seems like we've kind of just been like, Yeah, whatever yep. <laughs> bye and, and that's it. And then and I think the loan deal just doesn't make sense to me. You know, if we're gonna get rid of him, get rid of him on a permanent deal. I think it comes comes back to what um the article you written a long time ago about you know what what options does does Braithwaite have and he was kind of like you know trying to put himself in the shop window but he, he just he hadn't he didn't do it for long enough he'd done it for that first month and that was it and and you know if if he does want if he did want to leave he hasn't really impressed anybody so I think that's why maybe nobody's came in with a, a kind of a permanent offer um and people are just you know maybe just think oh we'll we'll take a chance on the loan if it doesn't work out well he, he's not our player anyway. It's, a, it's obviously bad for us because I don't think we're, we're going to recoup that nine million pounds at all. Uh, why do you think it's not worked out for Martin Braithwaite? Just that's a normal question. Probably just doesn't like Tunis. <coughs> I mean, he, he came in, and you know, Gary Monk brought him in. It was a completely different style of play. And to be fair to him, as much as I kind of dislike uh, Martin Braithwaite, <laughs> the, the kind of style of play doesn't really suit him. No, no. Not, not at all. I think obviously, but he came here under under different circumstances. So it was obviously, and there was a change in management very early into his his career at Middlesbrough. He what three or four months um, when Monk was sacked. It you know it all changes, doesn't it? And it, he's obviously he's tried to get out really, and he's been on loan once before. And um, but you know the system doesn't suit him. But that doesn't mean that you know you. you it's hard because obviously as a professional footballer, you should still try and give your all. And even if it's not your system, it's end of the day it's your job it's you know people are paying to come and watch um you're getting paid however much he's on a week is it 40 50 thousand probably um so you know i mean uh just to kind of sit on the bench and it's Tony Peel's decision in the end but you know you've got to be maybe giving a bit more and putting yourself in the shop window as well as giving something for the club that you you're working for yeah. essentially so yeah well, i call that what it was like it was Martin Bertha didn't actually have a choice. He had yeah. to play well, yeah. um, and he did for that first month. And you're right, Elliot. And I thought, you know what, we've got a bit. Of, we've got the actual good Martin Bertha right here. He, it's someone who can score goals. He's tricky to play against. He's he's athletic. He's technically very very good. Um, but it just hasn't seemed to work out for him. And I don't think his heart's been set with him. I think he deserves some criticism. I don't think he deserves all the criticism that he's getting. Um, I don't think all of it's under his circumstances. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes too. Um, but I think Braithwaite leaving, I think that's good for all parties. Really, he wanted he didn't want to be here. The fans didn't like him anymore. And I thought only Pulis was a fan of him either. But in terms of incomings, uh, Elliot, we'll kick off with you. Uh, Van Lapara signed on loan at the end of the season. Option to buy, of course. Um, the Dutch winger, hopefully, uh, described by George Savile, um, can be unstoppable. Would you agree? Good signing. Uh, I think it's a wait and see. Obviously, um, he has been touted as being good in the past in in uh, Huddersfield's promotion season. I think uh, even a while back when he was at Wolves as well. Um, as we know, we've heard that he's you know he's he's got a bit of pace about him. He's tricky. 
doesn't have much end product, so which is a bit of a worry. Um, that's where we're kind of lacking anyway in, in kind of, you know, creativity. Um, so it's a bit of a wait and see. I, I was looking at some of his stats and he's not really um, prolific um, at scoring or creating like by the numbers really. In 186 appearances, he's only scored 13 goals and got 19 assists, um, which doesn't scream, you know, goal scorer or assist king. But, you know, it's a, a wide play, what we, what we need. Um, so for me, you've filled one gap there. You've got cover if someone else gets injured. Um, and we can try and go back to sort of playing a four three three, or I'd even love a four two three one rather than playing, what was it six, what were we seven, seven two one seven two <laughs> one yeah, yeah. Huddersfield yeah. fans are saying that he's their best winger. A lot of them are quite disappointed that they've sold him. So there's a player in there. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with you. I think he's he's what we need, and we're just gonna have to wait and see whether he's um, kind of worth it, if, uh, worth getting. There was one player who didn't have any. Um, well, let's say goal threat and no uh, final end product and that was Mr. Adama Traore uh, obviously Tony Pulis has got the, the best out of him and I think Pulis deserves, again deserves a little bit of credit for that um, Danny are you happy with the Van der Parra signing? Yeah like I said like Elliot said um, you know he's, he's who we need Percy direct a little bit selfish but you know I kind of like that because it shows that he's willing to make things happen which again is what we need yeah. Um. Obviously, we'll come to the first question. Really. Um. And I like this name. That the the Seth Trollins. Obviously, it's a wrestling. Um. From <laughs> from WWE. It's a, um. But anyway, he asks. Oh, she asked. This uh, should Van Lepara play on the left wing or the right wing? Um. And also, does Savile signing mean we've wasted money on a position that doesn't need? Well, on a, on a position that isn't where the money needs to go. Um. So Dana. Where do you think Van Lepara should play, and is Savile a waste of money, a waste of funds? Well, I'd play Van Lepara on the right, just so we can uh, accommodate uh, Tav on the left. I think Van Lepara is right-footed as well, so kind of makes sense. Um, as for Savile, I don't really know whether wasted is the right word, because um, I do believe he'll come good eventually. There's definitely a player in there. Um, I completely agree when he says it's not a, a position that we need to strengthen. Um, I think if I've heard quite a few bits that Borough don't have uh, an awful lot of money um, to yeah. spend, and if you believe that, then you know it's kind of a little bit confusing as to why we stacked up on midfielders. Um, and eight million is quite a big amount. I mean, yeah. you look at the team that we kind of built um, for the playoff season and beyond. I think uh, Adam Clayton we brought in that summer, who uh, he cost us. He was a, a goal scoring midfielder at that time. Bear in mind. Uh, I think we signed him for around 1.5 million ish. Yeah. Tomlin around 1.7, I think. Yep. It wasn't a- that much. Adorma around that amount. And then you've got obviously Ayala was under a million. Uh, Friend was and under a million. million yeah. Kike yeah. wasn't that much either. I think Kike was 2.6, which was the most, but it's yeah. still not 8 million. I mean, <laughs> Savile, it, it confuses me that, that amount because from what I've heard from Wolves fans, he wasn't great at Molyneux. I think he's been pretty much an average player in the championship apart from you know a few seasons at Millwall. So I don't know, it's confusing to me how we've gone from kind of those fees to all of a sudden £8 million and then £5 million for Paddy McNair. Yeah. I suppose it goes back to what we've been saying on the podcast before about you know Borough's transfer recruitment. It's obviously got a little bit pear-shaped, yeah. a little bit. Um, well, it actually fits in nicely with um, David McNally's question and he, he asks... Um, are we paying enough attention to what Tony Pulis is saying about his, his squad and the transfer activity? Bloated, unbalanced squad, overpaid transfer fees and wages constantly tell us 
the squad wasn't good enough and just rebalancing the whole club after um, or overreach. Um, and obviously with those comments, um, Pulis um, just really seems so excited and he's kind of saying that he's doing a similar job to what Mowbray did with Strachan. Do you yeah. think think he's doing the same thing? He is kind of coming at it from that angle, but um, I, I mean, we don't know the, the club's financial situation, but I feel like it's it's not as dire as it was when Mowbray took over. And I know it, it's good that obviously he doesn't want to overspend and stuff like that, but I think he's banging on about it for me far too much. Um, yeah, Monk came in and, and spent a lot, but I don't know, he seems to be kind of, it's not making excuses in a sense, but it's kind of making a case for the people who are going to come in that are probably going to be loan deals, as we know. It's a hard window anyway to kind of get people on a permanent and get genuine quality on permanent deals. So, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Well, I think I think I, I agree with I agree with Tony Pulis at the start of the season when he said that the squad itself wasn't good enough um, to go up. And the reason why I agreed with him is that he saw Bamford, and, and again I think Bamford's over, overrated with my ten hat on. Um, but also we lost. And he was he, he just got a lot of goals for us by, by the way, and we also lost a damn Triora and we didn't replace them both. So he's got two big holes there, and you've brought in another two centre midfielders and a defender. And um, obviously we lost Gibson, so that made sense for Aiden Flint to come in. Um, <clears throat> but we didn't replace that, and to to be in this position that we're in without those players, then I think that's a very positive position. Um, and what Tony Pillars is doing, and as I agree with you, Elliot, where he said um, that we're probably not in a bad financial state, and I don't think we are. Um, and I think Pulis knows that as well. Um, we've got that financial, uh, the financials from the Premier League. We got it from last year, and then that first year when you come into the Championship, you're more likely to spend because you've got all that money coming in. You're in big profit, so you know you can kind of spend the cash. And we made most of that back. I think it's only a minus two million. Um, I think it was minus two million net spend or something. But it was in the end. Mm. Um, but I think what Tony Pulis is doing, it makes clear business sense. Is that if you can offload say the, the high earners in that second season if you don't go up um, and then bring in players who are on a lower wage but a similar quality then that just makes sense for not just for the football club but for the the team on the pitch as well obviously mm. you don't want to do what like an Ipswich have done and brought in loads of league one players and then be bottom of the league um, but I think what Tony Pillars is doing is looking maybe towards the lower leagues trying to find better deals rather than say paying I know we've just paid 8 million for George Savile but Again, like we, I think we have to adjust the whole club in its entirety and look forward as well, um, and put a continu- continuity plan in place to say like, oh well, if we're not going to go up this year, then we're not going to be in a financial mess next year. So I kind of th- I can see where it's coming yeah, from. A bit like what happened to Villa in a sense. Where yeah, exactly, Villa's Villa's a prime example where De Matteo spent about 60, 70 million, and then Steve Bruce came and had to balance the books for like a year and a half and got absolutely slated for it, but he got them in the playoff final Tony, Tony Bueller keeps saying about that doesn't he about where all the clubs he's been at he's left them in a better state as a business um, as a club I mean the club bit's a bit debatable because they've both been relegated now <laughs> but um, yeah he's always well, I don't know whether it's true he keeps saying it and he keeps saying it about what that's what he's going to do with Borough as well so it's making sense that he's trying to implement that model I guess it takes time as well It, it does. it takes a lot of time uh, for someone to come in and then completely overhaul the whole club um, time's a, a beautiful thing now with football not many people get it um, but again if Pulis' contract's up in the summer then maybe he goes to director of football and probably my money's on Johnny Woodgate getting the job and then 
go from there, but that's just what I think will happen, whether it does happen or it won't. But moving on, there's a couple of players that have been linked with us, of course, um, over like the last few hours. There's Jamal Lowe at uh, Pompey, who I put in our group. I was really excited about because he's very, very quick. Um, I couldn't say lightning. Again, he's top scorer uh, for Pompey this season. I think he's a very, very talented footballer. He's exactly what we need. Um, Danny, would you be happy with that signing, or would you be looking elsewhere? No, I think there's there's good players in League One um, that I think we need to pay attention to. Um, I think it probably won't be as as expensive as Championship players because obviously we are a, a Championship team that is going in for promotion, so we'll probably be picking players from our rivals and they want really big transfer fees. So League One, I think, is a, is a good place to look. I know people will probably say, well, is this the quality that we should be getting? But there are some really good gems in League One and I think he's got... Is it ten goals this season? Yeah, He's a winger, yeah. six foot. Yeah, ticks all the boxes. Six foot. Can he head the <laughs> ball though? Can he head the ball? Uh, <laughs> or can he take a long throw? Um, <laughs> also, um, there's Max Madison that's been looked at as well. I know he's, he said that he's probably going to go to Leeds or Sunderland. But have you looked at Mills? Do you think he's a Millsworth type player um, I think it's a bit strange I mean it's obvious that the club is going for a, a centre attacking midfielder as well as the wingers that's like uh, Marcus Madison's preferred position he can play out wide as well but he, he does prefer to play in that number 10 role if you like um, I think it, personally I think it's a bit weird that we're, we're still kind of going for that position because players that we bring in are goal scoring midfielders and we'll keep turning them into just normal centre midfielders or centre <laughs> defensive midfielders so I don't, yeah, I don't want that to happen again with uh, you know Marcus Madison or even Luke Freeman who's also been linked again um, but I think he'd be a good player um, like Dana said League One players um, you know it is about getting it right um, and picking the right quality because you know we, we've picked some in the past you know Marvin Johnson being one for example um, who didn't turn out to be you know great um, so it, it is a tough one because obviously if you take these players from League 1 and don't turn out to be any good it, you know it's showing that the, the model that you, and the system that you're trying to implement is, is failing ultimately but um, if they're from the higher end of the table um, they're doing well they've you know they've scored some goals they've got some assists they're full of confidence then you know why not um, take a punt yep um, Dana Maybe an easy question for you. Um, besides a winger, um, what would you be looking for in the transfer window? What positions would you be looking for? And is there any players that have been ticking those boxes for you? Uh, left back, full back, left back, right back. I think it's just as much of a priority as as the wings for me. Because um, you look at you know if if we're going to play with um, a lack of width in midfield, we need to rely on those full backs to get those crosses into the box. And to be fair, to George, that was a fantastic cross for Hugo. Um, the only other time I've seen that type of cross was against Man City for Martin Duran's goal. Yep. Um, so they're very few and far between. So I think we need that kind of a little bit of pace, a little bit of um, directness, um, and you know, end product from from fullback. I think Rico is Rico Henry. A, he's he's left fullback. Back, he's left back. back yeah, back. I think. Yeah. I'd I'd go for see if we could go for Rico Henry. See, I'm a huge fan of Rico Henry. Every time I mention it, I always drop his name or like Derek Williams. Like, I really like yeah. those two fullbacks. And I think Knudsen, or is it Knudsen, I don't even know how you pronounce it. Knudsen. Knudsen, yeah. he's been linked, of course. Um, from Ipswich, didn't play at the Riverside, hasn't been in the squad because he seemed to be moving away. Um, Elliot, would you be happy with the, the deal? Or? Um, I don't know a lot about him. Um, 
I mean, it doesn't sound good, obviously, when you know someone's coming from Ipswich, the worst defence in the league, with bottom of the table or whatever. Um, obviously, he didn't play against us, so we didn't get a, a chance to judge it really. Um, you know, it's a position that we need. It's cover. He seems interested. We we're going back in for him again after being in for the summer. Um, could be a decent sign. I, I think I'd side more with, with Dana and go for someone a bit um, with a bit more pace. I don't know what how you know what Cunnington's like um, in terms of pace and stuff like that. But in terms of I was looking at some of the ages of, of some of the signings as well because people always bang on about Tony Pulis always signing people who are thirty or above. But we we tended not to, especially like with Savile and, and McNair. Um, but uh, Knudsen is twenty six, so he, he's kind of ready made. So he's coming into his prime. So it could be a good yep. signing because if you if you're getting someone maybe Rico Henry, is he I guess a lot younger than that, maybe twenty two ish, is he something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a bit of a punt rather than you know Knudsen could be more ready made uh, for the championship and Tyler Blackett as well, twenty four. Um, so a bit more ready-made perhaps yeah uh, well obviously it's a little fun fact that Millsborough I think they have the second oldest team in the league um, oh, yeah, averaging about 28 year old so we do need some I think fresh blood in there and we've always yeah. spoke on this podcast where we've just said like well we need to change the whole spine now a lot of teams in transition so it's probably good now maybe just to bring in those young guns um, yeah, yeah. but so I think obviously we should be looking at wingers as well um, and it takes a lot of pressure off Tav as well I think I appreciate that fans want to see Taff play, and I do too. And like he's being brilliant, and he has that. I think he's got an amazing stat. He's got. I think he's got like the best stat of our midfielders. And he's only. Yeah, he's got the most goals from our midfielders. I think. He's only started two games. He's only started two games, and <laughs> it's he's a very very good talent, and I do want him to play. But I think if you bring those players in, it just takes the pressure off him a little bit, um, and lets him develop properly, um, rather than just chuck him in at the deep end and seeing if he can sink or swim, uh, which. A lot of players have, and some players haven't. I.e., like Luke Williams and stuff like that, who've came in a bit way too early and they've just dropped like a stone. Um, but let's go before I want to go to Peterborough. Um, there's one sign that they're trying to make, um, before the game on Saturday, and that's Mr. Lee Tomlin. Um, sounds crazy, but would you ever have Lee Tomlin back? No, I think no. It, he hasn't really played that much in the last few years. When he went to Bournemouth, he didn't get a look in there. Went to Cardiff, I think he played a few games. Um, but on the whole, he's he's not played a lot. And I think going back for players, I don't think is a, is necessarily a, a positive and progressive thing. We've we've seen it with Downing. There's always this kind of uh, reputation from the first spell that they have to live up to, and it's always hard. So yeah, I wouldn't go. I think we need to look forwards instead of looking backwards. Are they agreed? Yeah, yeah. Um, as much as like to reminisce of Lee Tomlin turning Vincent Company inside out, <laughs> I don't think that'd happen again. So, yeah, I'd steer away from uh, Lee Tomlin. Fair enough. Then let's move on. Then um, and let's talk about Peter Brown before we obviously go into Peter Brown. We talk about their tactics. Um, Yusuf, um, obviously a long time listener. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times. We probably will be in the next few weeks or so. I mean, he asks a couple of questions and he says. Um, one should we play a full strength team to build momentum or uh, two should we make whole, wholesale changes to give minutes to the squad players that haven't featured um, obviously like the youngsters in, the, in that league cup um, campaign Dana do you want to kick us off full strength yeah. or wholesale I don't know about wholesale changes but I definitely think we should uh, change it up a little bit because there's players at the football club that I think will be out in January uh, the likes of Ashley Fletcher Harry Chapman if you believe the rumours um, 
maybe even Ledbetter as well. <clears throat> they'll they'll be putting the shop window a little bit. So I'd definitely uh, make changes. I I don't expect our strongest team because um, you know we've we've brought in players in the Carabao Cup like Steve Walker, uh, Brahimi, Jed Spence. Um, I'm I'm not expecting to see them. I'm, I don't know whether we'll see them, but yeah, I'd make changes. Not wholesale changes, but a few here and there. Else for strength or. Uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, I'd probably I'd probably go with a similar lineup to what we did at the start of the Carabao Cup. Um, you know, we it was kind of like a see if we get through type of, of thing because um, it's not our main focus. Um, after what happened in the last cup run, I, don't, I can't be bothered with another cup run. I'd rather just you know focus on the league, um, put them out and see how the the fair against League One opposition we. Um, we played so obviously apart from Burton we played Rochdale uh, we won on Penners I can't think that we beat the round before Preston, was it not, not to count even League 2 yeah Preston. so um, it's worth it's worth putting them out um, I do agree potentially or that I don't think they'll be the likes of uh, Steve Walker and people like that there might be people like Fletcher and Ledbetter with a few of the younger lads um, put in just to kind of put bait in the shop window but I wouldn't be surprised to also see you know Steve Walker and people like that. I'd give them the chance. I, I I'd give them the chance to play, and the, and the reason why is it gives them the chance to to play in a stadium that's not, but it probably won't be full by any means. I think there'll only be about six to ten thousand people there. Um, and those six thousand will probably be from Peterborough. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but I think the, those players deserve a, a, a chance. You know, if we can get Jed Spence out of Manjaros, then he should probably play. <laughs> um, but no, I I, think I really like Jed Spence. I think he's a very very talented fullback. Um, and also there's we've got a lot of young talent there that probably deserve a chance as well. We've got Bilal Brahimi, um, who's coming through and he's not, he looks like a player who's got absolute bags of talent. Um, Steve Walker's looking very bright. He's got a hat trick for uh, for England when he was on the international duty. He, he created a great chance for Ashley Fletcher. Ashley Fletcher scored um, in the cup game too. And, if you're not you're not gonna give him a chance now, when are you gonna give him a chance? Um, yeah. this season, and you know I don't we're not gonna win the FA Cup, we weren't gonna win the League Cup, um, but so I think kind of think well, it's not really a bad defeat if we get beat, you know, against Peterborough, it's not gonna change our season. And yes, a cup win might be great, um, for like a couple of games where you can like take folks off the league, but we have to focus on that now, um, and we if we want to go up this year, then. We have to be very, very, very progressive this month and also the months uh, going as well. Um, but if we don't bring in wingers, then we may as well try and bring a youth player through like Tav or Bilal Brahimi to try and fill the void. But Peterborough, um, Els, you, you've done a little bit of research on Peterborough at the moment. Uh, how do you see him setting up? Um, I, c- I couldn't really find anything on, on um, the formation that, that they line up with. Um, but... Yeah, I, I kind of looked at it was sort of looking back at, at the last match um, and stuff like that against uh, Bradford uh, with a beat to get here um, and actually in that game it finished 4 all um, and they won 3-2 on penalties so it was quite a quite a thriller but uh, Borrelloni George Miller scored 2 uh, for Bradford that day so it was pretty pretty good one for, for him um, yeah so they have like I recognise his name from years ago as well a striker called Ivan Tony. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it Newcastle yeah, yeah um, and, and he's on he's on fire for them this year along with their other striker Matt Godden so that strikes to me from when I've seen that that they might play two up front um, so I, I don't know whether they'll sort of go with a, 
uh, a full strength lineup themselves. Um, if they do, them two could be very dangerous for sort of a, a inexperienced defense for us. Um, yeah, so it, I don't know. It, it it could it could go either way. If they're lining up and they want to push on in the rounds, then then it could be a very difficult game for Borough. Uh, judging by the last result, it just looked like both teams were going out to just yeah. attack and see what happens. Yeah, well, the forms is quite actually quite poor at the moment. They just lost against uh, Scunthorpe two 0 in the in the last game, and I would know because I had paper on my bet, and they were the only team that let me down for three hundred pounds. So I was absolutely raging. Um, but normally the pl- the alternate between a four three three and the uh, an alternate with a a four four one one. Um, it just highly depends on who they're playing against. So if they're playing away too, um, attacking. Offensive football, very free, not free flowing in a sense, but what they can do is they can score goals um, in the right areas. And um, there's obviously a Borough player that plays for at the moment that oh, who used to play from that's Callum Cook, and we see we saw them oh, yeah. um, this year. Um, Dana, before I do the lineup and score prediction, uh, can you see the former Borough boy coming back to haunt us? It depends if he can get a game. I was looking at his stats, I think he's played eight. Games, I think there will probably be substitute appearances, but it is the cup, so you never know who's going to start, who's going to feature. Um, he did well at Crew. I remember uh, covering the loan watch on him. He did really well there. Um, so potentially, I mean, kind of hope not, but um, if if he does, obviously I hope Borough win because I mean, when a, a kind of youth um, player comes back to there once. You know the the club that they kind of came through the the ranks at. Um, you, you always want to kind of see them do well, um, but not at Borough's expense. Fair enough. Um, go on then. Let's do some lineups and score predictions. Um, who would like to go first? Quiet. <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> I, I I'll I'll go. Um, I just want to know before I do it: Is Chapman back fit, or is he? Chapman's been fit for. A few weeks. Right. He just hasn't been in the squad for under twenty threes and hasn't been in the squad for the first team. That's just because of the link away um, and him potentially moving. And I always feel really sad when that. When I think about that. Well, obviously, it doesn't make me like depressed or anything. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe Harry Chapman's going like crying about crying about uh, crying myself to sleep every night. But um, I'm just disappointed that he hasn't had a chance. Really, uh, he's just been playing with like absolute bags of talent. Uh, I can go first if you want me to go first. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lonergan in goal. Um, oh, Dimmy. That's you not getting into Greek. That is <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Great, great, great. Great. Um, actually, honestly, <laughs> Same thing. the food in there is unbelievable. Like I've been a few times, and you know what? If they don't want to let me in anymore, then fuck them. Um, I want to go with a flat. Uh, Flat back four. Um, I want to play Jed Spence in that right back position. I'm also going to play um, Dale Fry um, with Danny Ayala, um, and then I'm going to go. Obviously, I'm going to have to go with George Friend that left back because we won't have any other alternative. Um, we're going to play a, a three in midfield. Um, I think we'll play with. I'm going to say. I'm going to say I'll go. I'll go with Clayton. I'm going to put Clayton in there. Um, I think we'll play like a half and half team kind of thing. Um, and then I'm going to go with uh, George Savile on one side and on the other side I'm going to go with uh, you know what I'm probably going to I'm just going to say I'm going to put Lewis Wing in there I know Lewis Wing's been playing but 
lucky than momentum gone, you know what I mean? Um, and then on the wings, I'm going to say Stewie Downing because he hasn't been playing at all. Um, I'm going to go with Tav, and I'm going to go, if, if in my position, I think he's going to play a bit of Samba longer there, um, unless Brit Samba is going to leave in the next few days, and if, if he's not going to feature, we'll put Rudy Gastel up top. Elliot. Just <laughs> speaking of Rudy Gastel. Don't worry, he's in my mate. Um, going for wholesale changes then, I'll put him in. He'll, he'll get the number nine shape for me. Um, I mean, it could have been anyone here. Um, there's, there's loads of changes that sort of could be could be made, and you could put a lot of people in different positions when you're including all the young lads in. Um, so I'll put Dimmy in. Yeah. Um, we love the guy. Send him out on a high six nil win against Peterborough. Um, there'll probably be his last game if he does play. Uh, I'll go Jed Spencer right back. Um, I thought he's been quite impressive when he he's been in uh, some of the other games in the Carabao Cup. Um. Dale Fry, um, then either one of uh, Wood or Mamutovic, who's the other centre backs. Well, Mamutovic just came back, on not he? Yeah, from Yorbo. Um, we'll stick Wood in then, um, as the other one. Um, Very young backline, this. But yeah. Got to have some experience yeah. in there, Friend, because he's a captain, and he's got no left backs. Uh, we'll go, and this is where the age comes in, Ledbetter. Also, not, not Ledbetter captain. Oh, that changes things, doesn't it? Yeah, he'll have to go as captain there. Right, yeah, captain, yeah, yeah. Led bit of captain. Um, I'll go McNair. Yeah. Uh, wing just in front of them. Um, out wide, I'll go with uh, Tav on the right and Fletcher on the left and Big Rudy up top. Rudy Gustad, you just won't let go, will you? No, yeah, he's been. He needs. To, he needs to put himself in the shop window as well, doesn't he? He's, uh, he's getting the. Luxury transfer to Ipswich. <laughs> that's very true. Just do a straight swap now for Canuts. That's a, that's a good deal. Tony doesn't want to send any spend any money, does he? So. Um, to be fair, you know what? More defenders. You know what's Yeah. You can go up on clean sheets. Don't go on dinner. Um, your starting eleven, please. Yeah, I've gone for Dimi and Goal. Um, I've gone for quite a, a strong. Uh, starting eleven, I've gone shot and right back purely because I think he's missed out in recent weeks because of the knee injury. And if he is fit, I think it's a good opportunity for him to kind of um, get back up to match fitness. If not, then either McNair or, or Spence. And then I've gone for Danny Barr alongside Flint with Friend uh, left back. I was going to say right back then, uh, left back, and then George Friend right back. <laughs> Imagine what's happening in the world. God. <laughs> And then we've gone for um, the Lord, Grand Ledbetter. Lord. The Macam Lord. Um, and then Wing and Sav just ahead of him. And then a front three of Tav, Fletcher, and Chapman. Just so, you know, Fletcher oh. can kind of put himself in the shop window a little bit. Because I can't see him being at Borough any longer. You know what? I really hope Harry can play for them. I really do. Just to make me feel a little bit happy yeah. about myself. I wanted to put him in mind, but when you kind of said about him not even being in the squad for the uh, the under twenty threes and stuff, so it makes me just think, well, he's, he's got no chance really. But never know. You know, score predictions going on, Dana. Well, I'm going to start 2019 by being positive. <laughs> I'm going to go two nil Bora. Two nil Bora for Dana. Uh, Elliot, what do you think? I'm going to go two one. I think. They're gonna get a goal. I think they're gonna come here with the intent to, you know, try and play. They, they, they know that a league one team just beat us, so I think they're gonna come and have a goal. But I think we'll, we'll grind out the result. Have Tony scoring, or would you say maybe Lee Tomlin <coughs> come back to haunt us? Never know. 
Um, okay, uh, fair enough. I will go with a. I want to stick a beat a little bit. Um, it's only because I'm not going. So, um, oh, you know what? I'm going to go just a hard Brexit 1 0 win for Bora. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with a defender as well, just to play some absolute shithouse football. Um, but anyway, um, so that pretty much the end of the breakdown, breakdown podcast. Um, obviously, thank you very much for, for listening, of course. Um, we're going to be back on the podcast next week. Um, we have quite a little bit of a break too um, in terms of football, so we can actually relax for a couple of days. Um, so, yeah, we're we'll back next Thursday on um, the Borough Breakdown podcast. We'll break down the next obviously game and we'll talk about Peter Brown and obviously transfers and so much more in between. This has been the Borough Breakdown podcast. I'm Johnny Bullock. I'm with Elliot and Dana. Thank you very much for listening. The break, Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravenelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravenelli spots out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.